Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, you know, uh, um, been, you know, as we're praying about these services, especially coming out of camp meeting, I thought uh, it'd be very uh, important to get, I thought what Craig preached on Sunday and then Pastor Bill Sunday night, very great follow-up for meetings like that and uh, things of that sort. And it seems to be kind of a uh, a little bit of a theme, trying to tie in with, with some of that, the, what the Lord's put on my heart for tonight. But I want us to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, if you will. You know, uh, how many of you know, the, you've heard, if you're around here, you know this, the just shall live by faith, right? Now, faith, I'm going to tell you this about faith. Faith is not a passive thing. You know, faith doesn't give, you, give us the ability. It's, it's, not, it's not something that just gives us the ability to put up with something. And I think a whole lot of the time, if we're not careful, all of us, all of us, I'm not pointing point at anybody, I'm just saying all of us, put up with things we don't have to put up with. If the Bible's true, Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly, superior in quality, that word abundant, superior in quality and super abundant in quantity. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that you can't stop from coming against you. Faith can't keep things from coming your way. How many of you know when Jesus talked about, is it Matthew 7, about the storms of life, the storms come, the person that built their house on the word, it came against them, didn't it? And the person that didn't build their house on the word, that storm came against them. Life is going to try to happen to you. And you know, the devil works and schemes and, and, and is, he, he's probably the most patient dude you ever ran into other than God, you know, because he'll just keep at it and keep at it, keep at it and try to work and, until it almost wears you down. Circumstances. You know, sometimes with, in healing, symptoms just persist and wear you down that you just, you just say, okay, well, it's just the way it is. Or, you know, and you've got Christians that, uh, uh, even Christians that have been taught how to use their faith and live by faith that will, if they're not careful, you know, we come up with all kinds of things. Well, you know, I'm just like Job or I'm like Paul. This is my thorn in the flesh. Things that aren't, that are excuses that the devil loves for us to grab hold of as long as he, if we don't do anything with what he's trying to do in our life. And I'll tell you this, the devil's going to try to make every one of you sick. Every one of us. The devil's going to try to rob your finances. Keep your man. The devil's going to try to destroy your relationships. Okay. He schemes and he brings these, he brings situations, symptoms and circumstances to all of us. But I think, I think the Bible teaches us that we're to resist everything that's of the devil, right? So let's look here in Ephesians chapter 6. Verse, oh, I'm just going to read verses 10 through 13, and we'll start in the King James Bible. Now, what happens is, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you like this, those of you Raymond students know you would recognize this. I, I'm going to tell you my source, uh, Reverend Doug Jones, talks about these things that the devil, it's, it's the thoughts and ideas and suggestions that are contrary to the word of God that you really have to deal with. You have to take those thoughts captive. When that circumstances come, what do you think about it? 
What's your perspective? Is it, what, is, is it what we've been hearing? How many of you know there's been an emphasis at this church on what does God's word say about it? How many of you got a t-shirt on? Right? Living by faith. The Bible said it. I believe it. That settles it. Amen? But here in verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against. Everybody say, stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Listen to this in the New Living Translation. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Notice it's his power that we're strong in. It's not our own power. Uh, There's some other translations talk about the power that's already in us. In Ephesians earlier on, Paul talked about uh, that power that's working in us, resurrection power. It's not, I'm not, it's not that I'm having to, you know, just get, you know, well, you better get to the gym so you can stand against the devil. No, it's God's power working in us. But yeah, but that, that the manifestation of God's power in my life does come through spending time in the Word of God in that. Verse 11, put on the whole, all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm. I like that. Stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. You know, here, not this year, was it Winter Bible? Sometime, not tomorrow, might have been camp meeting last year. Denise, Pastor Denise talked about uh, Holy Ghost strategies, Holy Spirit strategies. I mean, but I'm going to tell you something. The devil has a strategy. Now, what's, what's his end game? Steal, kill, and destroy. Now, you know, there's a lot of Christians, and there's a, lot of, there's, there's a whole, whole movement. It's, it, it just gets repackaged all the time that would like to tell you there is no devil. There's no heaven or hell. There's no devil. Don't you, don't you know the devil just loves that? Because he loves to get us in a place of non-resistance. Non-resistance. But you know, I, I, would, I would just uh, uh, believe, because I know in my life, I would say every day there's something to resist that the devil's trying to do. Amen. He goes on to say here, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but we do have an enemy. And I, I want you to notice that. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So look around the room. That's not your fight. Aren't you glad? Now, don't you know flesh and blood loves to fight? Oh, my goodness. Since the garden, since what, what Adam and Eve did in the garden and the sin nature came into mankind's Existence, we love to fight. The world loves to fight. But our fight's not there. Our fight's with the devil. He goes on to say, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be... you will still be standing firm, resisting the devil. Let's go to James chapter 4. We have an enemy. You need to know that. We have someone who's against us. 
Now, the reason that he hates mankind is because he hates the creator of mankind, God. He was probably, I don't know, but all indications are that the devil, before he sinned and rebelled against God, was the angel of angels in heaven. He was the created being in heaven, the top one. I mean, he was, a, he was an instrument, his entire being, his creation, he was an instrument. Out of him flowed, it appears, worship in heaven towards God. But he got lifted up in pride. His beauty, he saw himself, his beauty, and he decided that he was going to declare who he was instead of letting God declare who he was. Well, we get in trouble when we start declaring who we are and we separate ourselves from what God says we are. Can I just say something? If you want to come out, come out with what God says you are. Hey, man, that's who we are. We're new creatures in Christ. I was and I was a mess going away from God. I was an enemy of God. My sin had separated me from God, not just sin not just sin, acts of sin, but the sin nature had separated me from God. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, has raised us up together and made us sit together with him in heavenly places. For by grace are you saved. That not of yourself. It's the gift of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Through faith. Amen. All right, James chapter 4, verse 7, the King James says here, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, I want you to notice it did not say that he would flee from God. And they understood, they understood, uh, sub, uh, you know, person he's talking to there, you submit yourself to the devil. I mean, to God, don't, don't submit to the devil. Oops. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, part of submitting ourselves to God is to submit ourselves to the Word. What does God's Word say about this situation, this symptom, this circumstance? And I'm going to submit myself to that. I'm going to let God be true and everything else a lie. Amen. You know, Pastor Craig talked about, you know, the economy and that thing um, this past Sunday. I noticed that, uh, you know, Pastor Bill talked about getting gas. I noticed the price went up a pretty good amount. But I was tempted when I saw it to start complaining, but I just, I caught myself and I just, thank God all my needs are met according to, and I need gas in my car. So God's, gonna, God's supplying all that I need to put gas in my car to go wherever I need to go. And then, I'm going to be honest with you, to go anywhere I want to go. What, it, what difference does it matter to God? Now, I've got just enough, enough in my budget for you to go where you need to go. Now, that, those wants, I don't have enough supply in heaven's glory for that. Can you imagine God saying that? No, because he never has and never will. He's more than enough. Right? Listen to this from the Passion. It says there, so then, surrender to God, stand up to the devil, and resist him. We've all heard Pastor Hagin, or most of us probably heard Pastor Hagin's story about the bully in school. I think he told it, did he tell it this week? It can't be last week. But you've got to stand up to the devil. 
and resist him, he will turn and run away from you. Now notice again, it's you he's going to go from. See, there's a humility that says, yeah, it's, it's not me, it's God. We understand that. That's humble. But there's, it's also humble walking in God's word for me to resist the devil because God told me to do it, and I'm being humble when I do it. I'm not speaking out of turn. I'm not making outlandish, you know, things against the devil. The Bible in, there in Jude says, you know, don't do that. Dark angel. But I have a right to tell him to get out of my life. Now, some folks, you know, they, wanted to, they want to tell the devil to go to hell. He's not, <laughs> you know, I don't know if that makes you feel good, but you can't tell, you can tell the devil to get away from you and take it, whatever. But he, his, he's assigned a certain dwelling place, but it's not time yet. How many of you want to be there when he's thrown in that lake forever, right? All right, let's go to First Peter now. I remember the first time I heard teaching on this that nowhere in the New Testament are we ever told to ask God to do anything about the devil. We're told to do something about the devil. Why? Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Now you go. Well, in that authority. In that authority of Jesus. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Let me ask you now. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave, did he not? Does Jesus right now have authority over the devil? And I'm a joint heir with him. You're a joint heir with him. Therefore, you have authority over the devil. I have authority over the devil. And all that is part of that. Many times in the you know, New Testament, we're going to look at, if we, get, you know, if we get there in Romans chapter 6 a little bit, that when it talks about sin, it's not talking about an act of sin. It's talking about the sin nature. Well, that, Brother Hagin said a couple times, I heard him say this. He said, that, that's everything that has to do with the devil and everything that resulted from the sin nature. Not only the habit of sin and the punishment of sin and the effect of sin, but also sickness and disease, poverty and lack, oppression, depression, all those mental anguish, all those things are a result of sin entering into the world. Well, if I've got authority over the devil, I've got authority over all those things also. Now look here in 1 Peter 5, verse 8 through 11 in the King James to start with. Be sober. Be sober. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary. Well, I have, an, I have an adversary. What's his name? The devil. As a roaring lion, didn't say he was one, but as one walks about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. I like there's a couple translations I was looking at today, and they don't, they're not on any, there's in one of the studies. But it said, it said, stand fast with rock hard faith. Stand like a rock, immovable rock. Faith is not wimpy, folks. Faith is strong. Another one said, like, like steel. Now, I know Superman can bend steel, but steel is pretty strong. 
there were steel factories up and down when we lived, were men, they were living and uh, ministering in northern Kentucky on the Ohio River. There's a lot of steel factories on that. Uh, they, you know, when you'd see at the aftermath of them, they'd, they'd uh, ship some of them and then the, the trucks going by with the steel beams and everything on it, you know, and they, that's something that is a solid, so it's strong. Our faith should be like steel. Amen. Maybe that's what that shield of faith's all about. It's made out of a supernatural substance that's strong. He said, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You're not so special that the devil's doing something against you. He's not doing it against everybody. These things are happening. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus... After that, you've suffered a while, make you perfect, established, strengthened, and settled. Now, I know we all, boy, we all I'm strength, I'm perfect, I'm in Christ, I'm perfected, I'm established, I'm strengthened, I'm settled. But you didn't resist, that's the suffering. You didn't resist, you can say that all you want, but if you don't resist what the devil's trying to do, you're not going to be strong. Even though it belongs to you. He goes on to say, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I wanted to read that because let's not forget, it's not my strength. I'm strong. It's him. He gets the glory. Every time, every time you resist the devil and he flees, give God the glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, who's given such authority to a man. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father, that I, that I can resist this. Hallelujah. Listen to the New Living, verses 8 and 9. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him. Be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Okay? So that tells me something. I can't stop these things from coming against me. It's happening to all the body of Christ around the world. But... I can stand firm against them. Now, now here's the thing too. Don't come to me and try to get me to stand firm for you. Amen. No, every Christian is to stand firm. Now, how many of you know this? We're growing in the things of God. And some folks, you know, they just got saved. I'm talking about somebody, you know, just led their father to the Lord here Monday. Well, how many of you know that person? That person's a babe in Christ. We need to stand with them, watch out for them, help them. But there comes a time, you know, if, you've got a, if you're at a certain age and you're not able to feed yourself and stand for yourself and dress yourself, something's gone drastically wrong, right? Well, the body of Christ, we're the same way as Christians. We need to get to where we are able to stand. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans chapter 5, if you would, please. These aren't new things here, but I think things we need to remind ourselves. Stand against the devil. Uh, don't, we, we, my, my idea here and what I'm thinking is, we've got to stop putting up with the devil and all his works. Putting up with, you know, sin. Putting up with sickness and disease. Well, now, brother, you're just living in a fantasy world. No, I'm not. God's true. Everything else is a lie. I'm either healed by the stripes of Jesus or I'm not. 
I'm not healed sometimes and sometimes I'm not. I'm by the, what Jesus has accomplished, healing belongs to you and me. But it's not just going to come on me just because I'm just existing. Well, you know, God knows I'm his child. He knows what happened. Well, he knows that you have to resist the devil. That's why he put it in his word. Did you find Romans chapter 5? Verse 17 in the Amplified Classic said, For if because of one man's trespass, lapse and offense, death reigned through that one. Death what? Reigned through that one. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor. How many of you, are, how many have received the grace of God? You're, you're born again. All right. And the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself. Second Corinthians 5 says, we are the righteousness of God. Not my righteousness, his righteousness. I'm a partaker with him. What should we do? Reign as kings in life. Through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, <clears throat> excuse me, the anointed one. Now here you say, well, how do I resist? Well, here, here let's, let's talk about a little nitty gritty now. Think about how a king reigns. We may not know it so much today, but in the times, you know, where kings were commonplace and kings actually had authority. They weren't just, uh, you know, figureheads or whatever. A king would make a decree and then it was carried out. Right? You know, one of my favorite, uh, you know, Yul Brenner played, you know, uh, in uh, uh, The King and I, also in Ten Commandments. And of course, his greatest role, The Magnificent Seven. But anyway, that's not what I, that's not where my quote from. But I can hear them. Did you know they made several other versions of that over the years and they he was the only character he was in two of them and the rest of them had his same name it was a, they weren't very good as him anyway but anyway there's a state that says so let it be written so let it be done well what was written what the king decreed and whatever he said others carried out So we're to reign as kings in life. How does a king reign? Through his words. So brother and sister, if you're going to reign as a king and resist the devil, you're going to have to learn what to say that resists what's coming against you. That's why you have to, that's why you have to, well, what scripture are you standing on? What scripture tells you that this belongs to you? Well, I don't know. Well, then you're not going to be able to resist the devil. You can, you, listen, listen, you can shout and holler and dance and scream, I resist you, devil, I resist you, devil, I resist you, devil, all day long, but you're doing that in your own strength. It's when I invoke the Word of God on him, dressed in the armor of God, that he's going to flee. Because now I'm, I look like God, and I'm talking like God, and he's not going to mess the last time he messed with God was he thought he beat God and Jesus rose up from the dead, defeated death, hell, and the grave, and took all the weapons that Satan had, had trusted in, took the keys from him, 
and then gave the authority to us. But it's not just, see, to resist him, I'm going to have to learn to talk like God. Because here's why. God, God is the only one that's had 100% victory over the devil. You say, well, wait a minute. He's a, you read the end of the book, didn't you? Why do you think God wrote that? Because that's what's going to happen. Because why? Because that's what God said is going to happen, and that's what's going to happen. Now, the devil, he thinks he can change that, but he can't change it. Just like he tries to change in your life, your health, your finances, your mental state. He tries to change all that all the time. But go back to what the Word says. I've got the mind of Christ, Mr. Devil. I'm free. Jesus went about doing good, healing all the oppressed of the devil. So evidently, because God was with him, it's good to be free from oppression. So, Mr. Devil, you can take that oppression and go because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he was anointed then to heal the brokenhearted, my, hope, my broken heart is healed in Jesus' name. Heart, you're no longer broken. You're healed in Jesus' name. You'll, you'll learn this. When you get started, your faith will run up right into your tongue and you'll start speaking out words. And there's an anointing that will come upon you because the Word of God is anointed. It will accomplish that with, wherewith God has sent it. And the Bible said, he told, he told Jeremiah, I'm watching over my Word to perform it. Now here in Romans chapter 6, Starting in verse 1, I want to, I'm going to read this from the Passion uh, Bible because I like the way it says it, you know. You know, I, I think uh, some of these newer translations, you know, that this isn't, this isn't a translation, by the way, it's a paraphrase because it, it, didn't go, it didn't go back to the original manuscripts and all that, but that, that's all right. I think there's some great things that are said here with this, and it, I think uh, it helps, it unravels it a little bit better than the King James does. For most of us, put it that way. I like it out of the King James, but I want to read it out of the Passion. Verse 1. So what do we do then, us who are reigning in life as kings? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What a terrible thought. We have died to sin once and for all. And as, dead men, as, as a dead man passes away from this life, so... How could we live under sin's rule a moment longer? Now, here again, this isn't the act of sin. This is the nature of sin. And all, you can, instead of that, you could say, so how could we live under Satan's rule a moment longer? You realize this? He has no rule over anybody who's died in Christ and risen to life. None. So we have to live like we're dead. To what? To him. But risen. Jesus was dead, but he rose again. We're to live in that same day. He said, or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed into union with Jesus, the anointed one, were immersed into union with his death? Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. So that when the Father's Glory raised Christ from the dead. We were, we were also raised with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. Ooh, glory to God. <laughs> For since we are permanently grafted into him 
to experience a death like this, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and the new life that that imparts. Glory to God. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? See, what sin did reign in our body. Death reigned in us before, right? But those who have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall now reign in life. And the Amphite says, as kings. For we who are co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. Obviously, a dead person is incapable of sinning. If we were co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we will also share in the fullness of his life. And we know that since the anointed one has been raised from the dead to die no more, his resurrection life has vanquished death and its power over him is finished. Now, one of the, one, as you go through there in the book of Romans, a lot of times the word power, there's the word authority and dominion. It means that. It's talking about reigning and authority and power. So Satan's authority over the Christian is gone. That's why Paul told the feet, don't give any place to the devil. He has to be given place. Now he'll try to take place, but my lack of resistance is what gives him place. My lack of saying what the word of God says about this. Let's go on there because we For by his sacrifice, he died to sin's power once and for all, but he now lives continuously for the Father's pleasure. So let it be the same way with you. Since you are now joined with him, you must continually view view yourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the anointed one. Now look at this, verse 12. Sin or Satan or sickness and disease. I'm adding these aren't in the past. I'm adding this. Poverty and lack, oppression, depression, mental anguish is a dethroned monarch. So you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. Amen. You know, we're coming up here to the fall. And you live in certain areas, the fall, you know, seems like there's a new set, you know, people, people have become, now listen to me, I'm not, listen, there's no condemnation in Christ. It's not a condemnation. You know, all of us have symptoms of sickness and disease come upon us. All of us have thoughts, you know, and are tempted in areas, whichever area, but, uh, but it's what you do with that. But you know, some folks are controlled in how they live and are compelled to obey its desires and cravings. They start making making plans to be sick this fall. Christians, some faith folks. You know, there's no such thing as a faith Christian and a, you're, we're all Christians. There's not a faith bunch. All the just shall live by faith. There's no faith movement. <laughs> Amen. All right. So then, listen to this. Refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness or as a tool for sickness and disease. I am not surrendering my body to you, Satan. Yes. 
I'm not surrendering my body to you as a testimony of who you are. My body is surrendered to the risen Savior, the healer, (coughs) as a testimony of who he is. I will not surrender. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Some of you need to go online YouTube and, and, and type in Jim Valvano. Don't ever give up. Riddled with cancer. He didn't know. He didn't know the healing. He didn't know the healing Savior. He didn't know Jesus' healer. But he did know to never give up. If we take what we know with what he said, you'll win. He goes on to say, instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now for his pleasure, ready to be used for his noble purpose. Remember this, sin, Satan, sickness and disease, poverty and lack, oppression, depression, mental anguish will not conquer you. For God already has. I'm not trying to get the victory. God has already got it. You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. See, here's, the, here's how we reign, because grace is already reigning. We just cooperate with grace, and we reign in life. But don't get passive. Don't allow that. Sometimes, you know, some, the devil tried to destroy the teaching of grace with that very issue by making people passive. Saying, well, you know, it's all under God's grace. I don't have to do anything. No, he's got you in a position now where you're not resisting him. You do have to resist him. The same, I mean, the apostle Paul, James, and Peter, pretty good three folks to hang with, all preached salvation by grace, but they also preached, you've got to resist the devil. How do we do it? empowered by grace. I'm not going to take any credit for it, but I'm going to do my part. Amen. Hallelujah. See, because if I don't, then I miss it on the humbling myself. And I can't resist the devil if I'm in pride. If I think it's me. No, it's not about me, but I'm not going to let the devil lord over me. He's not my Lord. He's not your Lord either, Christian. Amen? Amen. Now, those, those situations, those circumstances, and, and those symptoms, they all produce thoughts, ideas, and suggestions that are contrary to God's Word. I have to take a hold of my thoughts, my ideas, and the suggestions that are contrary. Take a hold of all that, bring it in. What does the Word say about it? Bring it captive to the Word of God and start declaring what the Word says. And then speak to the mountain or to the devil, whatever it is. You speak to it. Make a decree, O King and priest unto God. Amen. Let's all stand up. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Father God. Help us. Help us. Help us, Lord God, to know. Holy Spirit, bring to our remembrance the word that we've we've hidden in our hearts. It's hidden in our hearts. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that we have authority over the devil and over all of his work. Thank you, we're delivered from the sin nature. 
We're the righteousness of God in Christ. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead quickens us, makes us alive. Father, thank you for freedom tonight. Freedom for the brokenhearted. Freedom, freedom for the sick or the disease. Freedom for the oppressed and depressed. Freedom for those with mental anguish. Freedom for those that are, that are struggling financially. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom for those who are struggling in relationships. Freedom. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you for the peace that passes all understanding in this place tonight.